Lost in Translation Many indigenous cultures worldwide, particularly the Apache of North America and the Aborigines in Australia, which are the least technological of human cultures, we find the most intimate relationship between land and human language. In this context, language is inseparable from song and story, and songs and stories in turn are inseparable from the shapes and features of the land. In these cultures, the chanting of any part of a song cycle links the human singer to one of the animals or plants or powers within the landscape and binds the human singer to the land itself, to specific hills, rocks, and stream beds that are the visible correlate of those sung stanzas. Though generally directed more toward plants and animals, this is what ayahuasca shamans do in ceremony when they play and sing Icaros to these elemental spirits. Given this interdependence between spoken stories and the sensible landscape, the ethnographic practice of writing down oral stories and disseminating them in published form forcibly tears them from the very ground of their being in the visible landforms and topographic features that materially embody and provoke them. As the technology of writing spreads through a previously oral culture, the felt power and personality of particular places fades as the stories that express and embody that power are recorded in writing, rendering them separable from the actual places where the events in those stories occur. The narrative can now be carried elsewhere and can be read in distant cities or on alien continents and soon become independent of any specific locale. Previously, the power of spoken tales was rooted in the potency of the particular places where their events unfolded. While the recounting of certain stories might be provoked by specific social situations, their instructive value and moral efficacy was often dependent upon one's visible or sensible contact with the actual sites where those stories took place. In such cases, contact with the regional landscape and the diverse sites or places within that landscape was not only the primary mnemonic trigger of the oral stories, it was integral to their preservation and to the culture itself. Once stories are written down, the visual text becomes the primary mnemonic activator of the spoken stories. The ink traces left by the pen as it traversed the page replaced the earthly actions left by the animals and ancestors in their interactions with the local land. The places themselves were no longer necessary to the remembrance of the stories and often became incidental to the tales. This arbitrary backdrop for human events might just as easily have happened elsewhere. The transhuman ecological determinants of the original oral stories were no longer emphasized and often written out of the tales entirely. In this manner, stories and myths lost their oral performative character and forfeited their intimate links to the more-than-human earth as the land itself, stripped of the specific stories that once sprouted from every cave, stream bed, and cluster of trees, lost its multiplicitous power. Human senses intercepted by the written word are no longer gripped and fascinated by the expressive shapes and sounds of particular places, and the spirits fall silent until the felt primacy of place is forgotten superseded by a new, abstract notion of space as a homogeneous and placeless void.
the new concentration of humanity within permanent towns and cities, and the increased dependence on the regulation and manipulation of spontaneous natural processes intensifies the growing estrangement of the human senses from the wild, animate diversity where those senses evolved, which is directly related to the influence of writing upon human senses and our direct sensorial experience of the earth around us. Alphabetic writing undermined the embedded, place-specific character of oral cultures in two distinct ways, one basically perceptual, the other primarily linguistic. Reading and writing entail highly concentrated forms of participation that displace the older participation between the human senses and the earthly terrain, essentially freeing human intention from the direct dictates of the land. Writing down the ancestral stories disengages them from particular places. This double retreat of the senses into spoken stories from the diverse places that once gripped them cleared the way for the notion of a pure and featureless space, an abstract concept that today has come to appear more primordial and real than the earthly places that we remain corporeally embedded in. In order to read phonetically, we have to disengage the synesthetic participation between our senses and the encompassing earth. The letters of the alphabet, each referring to a particular sound or sound gesture of the human mouth, function as mirrors that reflect us back upon ourselves, establishing a new reflexivity between the human organism and its own signs, effectively short-circuiting the sensory reciprocity between that organism and the land. As mentioned earlier, this distancing phenomenon has been amplified and exacerbated exponentially in modern technological times through the impact of the Internet. This new reflective intellect is the reflexive loop between ourselves and our written signs, making human encounters and events interesting in their own right, independent of their relation to natural cycles. For the Apaches and other indigenous cultures like the Aborigines, different paths through present terrains resonate with different stories from the dream time, and every waterhole, forest, and cluster of boulders or creek bed has its own dreaming and implicit life. The vitality of each place is rejuvenated by the human enactment, the enchantment of the storied events that crouch within it, making dream time integral to the special surroundings. The Hebrews are the first truly alphabetic culture that we know of, the first people of the book. At the founding event of the Jewish nation atop Mount Sinai, Moses inscribed the commandments dictated by Yahweh, the most sacred of God's names, upon two stone tablets, presumably in an alphabetic script. Scholars place the exodus from Egypt around 1250 BCE, right at the time that the 22-letter Consonantal Aleph-Beth was coming to use in the area of Canaan or Palestine. While the visible landscape provides oral tribal cultures with the necessary mnemonic or memory trigger for remembering ancestral stories, alphabetic writing enabled Hebrew tribes to preserve their cultural stories intact, even when the people were cut off for many generations from the actual lands where those stories took place. By carrying on its lettered surface, the vital stories earlier carried by the terrain itself 
the written text essentially became a portable homeland for the Hebrew people. And it's only by virtue of this portable ground that the Jewish people have been able to preserve their culture and themselves while in an almost perpetual state of exile from the actual lands where their ancestral stories unfolded. Many of the written narratives in the Bible are stories of this displacement and exile. The most ancient stratum of the Hebrew Bible is structured by the motif of exile, starting with the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, to the long wandering of the Israelites in the desert. The Jewish sense of exile was never just a state of separation from a specific locale. It was and is also a sense of separation from the very possibility of being placed, from the very possibility of being entirely at home. This deeper sense of displacement, the sense of already being an exile, is inseparable from alphabetic literacy, the great and difficult magic that the Hebrews were the first real caretakers of. The burning alive of tens of thousands of women most of them herbalists and midwives from peasant backgrounds, as witches during the 16th and 17th centuries, may usefully be understood as the attempted and nearly successful extermination of the last orally preserved traditions of Europe, the last traditions rooted in the direct participatory experience of plants, animals, and elements in order to clear the way for the dominion of alphabetic reason over a natural world increasingly construed as a passive and mechanical set of objects.